Welcome to A Little Marketing with Nikki and Mark and Phil, a podcast where marketers discuss marketing and the small moves that make a big difference. A Little Marketing is a collaboration between Blue Whale Communications in Kelowna and 1020 Marketing in Montreal. Have a question or topic suggestion? Email Nikki at Nikki at BlueWhaleCommunications.ca. Look for A Little Marketing on YouTube and coming soon to your favorite podcasting platforms. Subscribe, like, and share. Hi, Mark. Hey, Nikki. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm excellent. Thank you. You look like you have a new environment. Yes. Well, for anyone who's been following me on social media, or who hasn't, I guess, been following me, we've moved out to the country and the Wi-Fi just isn't, it's not terrible, but it's not great. So I'm at a co-working space called The View in downtown Vernon today. It doesn't look like you have much of a view in the room you're in. No, no. <laughs> it's actually, um, I forget, it's an acronym for innovation something. It's a, te- it's a tech co-working spot. Oh, nice, nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So this is a little weird because the last time we did this, we spent a day mm-hmm. and we were together in the same room and now we're remote again and feels a little weird. It is a little weird. And I'm like not in my usual environment. So it's like all, all weird. <laughs> a little off, but you're safe. That's all that matters. Yes. Yes. That's right. Always. Okay, good. So um, what, uh, where are we in our little train of, uh, of shows? Well, next week we have our final in-person recording going out. Um, yeah. And then after that, we will have, well, what we're about to record right now, go live, which is a conversation with Bev Spritzer. Right. So do you want to introduce Bev? Yeah. So let me do a quick introduction. Actually, Bev is a cousin of mine. Mm -hmm. I have known her all of her life. She's a wonderful woman with two beautiful little daughters. And uh, actually what's interesting, what ties us together quite well is that we both took the same program at Humber College uh, quite a few years apart. She's probably a good 10 years younger than me. Um, but she did the copywriting program at Humber and she worked at agencies in Toronto and then she started her career in copywriting. And, um, uh, after Bev and I saw each other last fall, mm-hmm. uh, I introduced her to you mm-hmm. as a potential resource for your business. And, uh, she's been working together and we've been kind of, you know, more actively linked than we had been in a bunch of years. Um, and Bev came to us and suggested an idea for a series um, that talks about the different roles within the marketing community, agency world, uh, marketing agency, mm-hmm. uh, kind of uh, situations and environments. And because of that idea, and because it's such a great idea, we decided to have her be our first guest to talk about copywriting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just so you understand her c- credentials, she's worked at agencies uh, in Toronto, including Taxi, Juniper Park, uh, Wattpad, Brand Factory, among others, mm-hmm. uh, but I believe that since she has uh, become a mom, she's been doing freelance uh, work for small business owners and other um, other agencies like you and other agencies, you know, of the same size of uh, places where she's worked before. So yeah, she's eminently qualified to have this discussion. A hundred percent. I'm interested in hearing some of what she has to say because I did a short stint at at an agency as well. And now I own an agency. And as you said, she's writing for me. 
Um, so it'll be kind of interesting to hear her take and maybe I'm not doing things the way that is the norm <laughs> or expected or whatever. So well, I would, I would imagine that we work in a little bit of a different way than what is normal for a very big structured agency. So of course, growing yeah, still. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. But sure. whatever the case is, um, you know, one of the things that we're going to talk to Bev about is also the evolution of that role from when her and I both started as copywriters and in agencies to, you know, what a copywriter might be expected to know and, and do now, given, you know, the digital environment that we're in. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, Great. I will let her in. Otherwise we might just go the whole 20 minutes talking about it without her. Exactly. Hello. Hello. Hey, Bev. Hi. How are you? <laughs> everything okay? Yeah, everything's fine. Awesome. I so, figured out how to work the thing, and here I am. You figured out how to work the Zoom on the internet machine? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfect. Great. So welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Well, you know, we'll just call this our, our nepotism episode. I was going to say, I was going to ask if we were going to discuss the nepotism aspect. I, I did. I, I okay, put it okay. right out there in the front. Okay, no, that's good. we got to get cousin. it out there. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you know how this works. Um, how about you give us a little bit of background on on who you are, what, what you do? Sure. So my name is Bev. I am a copywriter. This is actually a second career um, but I, I did more editorial writing before, I guess, and journalistic stuff. And then I eventually went back to school to do copywriting, the same program that you did, Mark, at Humber. Yeah, I remember. Years later. Yeah. Um, and we don't, we don't I, have to highlight the age gap. <laughs> well, like I said, it's a second career. So yeah. I was like older than a lot of the people in my program. Fair point. So there, just is that good that's good okay <laughs> there still is the age gap I mean a little bit but it's okay I think it's we're okay. all equals at this point maybe I like, I like to think we are anyway um so yeah I am a copywriter which it's interesting because I have pe people in my family or friends who know me quite well and have for ages will say what I don't actually understand what you do um, and I mean, it's interesting. It's funny to me, but I guess I kind of get it because if you're not in this world, if you're not in the advertising or marketing world, hearing copywriter is a little like, what does this mean? So do you get people asking you if that has anything to do with the legal world? Yes. All the time. Several right? people have said to me like, oh, so you work on, did you? work with like Pirate Bay and stuff when they were talking about like, and I was like, oh no, honey. <laughs> I never would have that kind of copyright. Yeah, no, that's a different thing. <laughs> so what I like to say is the, the most basic um, definition to me is just a copywriter is a writer. All copywriters are writers, um, except that we do it within the world of advertising. So we write for brands in the voices of brands. Um, we're essentially ghost writers for brands. So any that. yeah. hmm? that's really well stated. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so, I mean, any, any words that you see uh, on a, on a website, uh, social media, any channel, 
billboards, TV, radio, words that you hear, a copywriter wrote those words. Um, but there's a lot involved kind of behind the scenes as well. Like I, I've done a lot of strategy work as well. Not everybody has who is a copywriter. It kind of depends on the structure of the agency, but it's something that I actually really love and find fascinating. So there's this psychological element as well, where you really, really have to know your audience really, really well. Um, and kind of the relationship between the consumer and the brand. I love so, it. <laughs> I think Nikki had a question. No, you, well, you actually answered it. I was going to say it's interesting that you were talking about this being your second career and <laughs> your first career was also as a, as a writer. So I was going to talk about the differences, but you yeah. kind of well, so, that. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, Primarily, I guess the difference is this, the psychology component. I also did a little bit of support work at the same time. So that was a different sort of psychology element. I was always interested in psychology, but I knew that writing was the thing that I wanted to do. And then a lot of people, I not a lot, a few people I went to high school with ended up in advertising and I found myself becoming more and more interested in it. And I remember actually sitting, um, you know, when Mark was in Toronto at school at Humber, yep. I remember, you know, he would come to our family dinners and we would talk kind of about like thinking about ideas for campaigns. And I found it really, really fascinating at the time too. Mm -hmm. um, and I still do. It's still really, really, Exciting. maybe I'm just still oh. a little bright eyed and bushy tailed about it, but I, I find it really interesting still. Oh, we're, we're writing nerds and we're advertising nerds. So yes, that's, that's okay. But okay. So let's talk about the profession a little bit, because, mm. you know, I think people have a misconception that a writer sits at a blank screen and figures out what to write without any kind of support. But they're in the advertising world, there's yeah. a lot of support that goes into before what we, yes. you know, to understand what needs to get done. Yes, there's a lot of pre-production in that sense. Right. So often structurally, there will be um, a strategy team sometimes, or there's an account team who is kind of, they liaise between you and the client and they create a brief, which is basically your assignment. And they outline in the brief, they're never brief. It's really funny that they call them briefs. There's, I've never seen a brief brief in my life, but they always just kind of outline, you know, what's the most important thing we want to say here? Who is our audience? Um, what, uh, like channels are we touching on and where are we speaking to them? That kind of thing. And then, and, and also the, um, uh, you know, what the tone is that we need to say. Yes. The so voice, the tone. And a lot of the time we end up developing that if it's um, a, a rebrand or if it's a new brand, I actually totally understand why people don't know what a copywriter is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay. there's a lot so, of elements to it i'd also so, say that there's often going to be clients who don't know they're like they might not be a new brand but they've never yeah. put in the work to figure out what their tone is for their brand and then it's, yeah they're working with a writer and it's they don't know the answers to those questions no and a lot of the time they don't even know to ask those questions sometimes it's part of our job to inform them or to say even 
you know, are there any uh, brands that do it well that you like, for example, if that's like an easier way to pull information out of them, because otherwise it can be a little bit abstract. Mm-hmm. Um, so that always is a way to look at it. But then there's also the the visual element. So copyright. Uh, sorry, Mark, if you if I'm getting ahead of you, no, no, keep we're going to ask about this. Okay. So copywriters will often work with an art director, and in traditional agency land, um, that was a lot more, I think, rigid. Like there was a team, like a copywriter, art director, yep. and you work together, and you sit like at the same desk across from each other, and at the conceptual phase your job is the same. You're trying to think of an idea that builds off of this brief that they've given you. Often there will be lots of questions (laughs) after receiving the brief, Um, but you work together at that stage. Your job is the same. You're trying to figure out like what's going to work together visually and in terms of words and language and how you're going to make that happen. You're basically using that time to develop a theme or a campaign idea or a big big idea, right? Yes. And often, I mean, if it's a big brand and a big campaign, a lot of the time you'll create like, you know, they're never going to just ask for one thing. You're going to have to create like three giant campaigns and everything involved in the campaign, 90% of the stuff you create is never going to see the light of day. Correct. And you just have to be okay with that. I think. hundred percent. Totally. Um, true. Totally true. It, okay. it took me a little time to like, when I was first starting out, I was like, Oh, this is a shame. Well, you, <laughs> but, you get, you get, you get attached to your ideas. That's why. Yeah, it helps, but it kind of helps you to not get so attached to them. And at the, I kind of look at it, now as like any any time you're honing your craft at all you're working on it you're working on yourself you're working on your own kind of you're getting all of the kind of top level ideas out of there and you're kind of searching for like that really great nugget of an idea um and then Bev I'm gonna just say you we've never had these philosophical conversations about writing you know, since you've been in the business, like, I know, it's been it's a so long time. Right? So, exactly. And and what you're doing right now is honestly, I wish we had worked together. Me too, we, Mark. We see it so much the same way is what I'm seeing here. Yeah. I think that would have been pretty cool. I mean, we still can. Yes, we can. Of course we can. That's right. But I mean, well, in that environment, I have a, I have a question then. Yeah. So would you say that the reason you see the approach or the overall role as being the same because you both come from agency worlds? I think we we did the same program, like the advertising copywriting one year program at Humber College. Um, and so I think they had a very formulaic way of doing things. And then you find out very quickly when you get into the actual world that it's actually very different. Mm-hmm. And you end up doing all your learning on the job as an intern. Um, and I think maybe because we both come from that same background, we have similar um, approaches to it, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, you said something off the top that was interesting to me. You said you you enjoy the strategy side, the thinking part of it, the pre-writing yeah. part. And that was something that I was always very much into because I came into writing with a business background. I had, yeah. a, had a BCom in marketing and I sort of approached it from that angle. Whereas a lot of 
my peers were from the you know arts programs and right. and, and so forth. But you know, it's funny you say that about the program at Humber and who knows where and how it's evolved since I was in it. I know. You know, in in ninety five, but um, the um, you know I actually felt that that program was amazing from a couple of perspectives. One was that it was one hundred percent focused on writing and developing yes. a writing mindset, and the the second part of it was um, there was advertising theory there. Right. Like you got history, you got background, you understood the role that you were playing. So when I went out into uh, my internship, Mm -hmm. I kind of felt prepared. No, I didn't have the client experience and I didn't have, you know, the actual real world pressure of writing and developing campaigns. But I felt I felt somewhat prepared. As me, too, maybe like. I don't know, maybe in an overconfident way. Yes. I, I don't know. But I mean, I think I think it teaches you to think in a very different way, right? Like you don't naturally think that way. And you think going in, oh, I know a lot of puns and I like puns. I do like puns. But love puns. That <laughs> I mean, I love a pun. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, okay, but an idea, a pun does not make an idea. And so it kind of teaches you, you know, what ideas have legs. Um, and it teaches you like you're gonna have to kill a lot of fantastic ideas to get, you know, to the place where the client wants you to be. Often when you watch like a commercial on TV and you think to yourself, uh groan, it's not because of the copywriter or the art director. It's mm-hmm. because the client probably said, I don't like that word or color, or can you make the logo bigger? Yeah. And there's also <laughs> bad copywriters there too. Oh, yes, there's so, absolutely bad copywriters. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But you just said something that was so interesting. So I remember this story so specifically from you know, when we were at Humber College. So at one point, like late in the in the year, mm-hmm. we started pestering the the instructor and who was running the program, basically like wh- when you when you applied to the program, you had to do a test. You had to do like a writing test and they gave you yeah. a, a case study and you had to write an ad and whatever it was. And I remember so distinctly that our distinctly that our assignment was you know, write a, write an ad to get moms to buy more peas for their. Oh my god, same. Same. It didn't change from when from when you were there. That was the same. Did you thing. have uh, Joanne? Was Joanne your teacher? J- Jane Bongers. Okay, was so her, it was was different. like the okay. main. Yeah, person. so we had somebody else. So okay, when, yeah, we had to do something about peas. So she outlined that the person who did the best in their test. Was somebody who wrote a headline that was basically "Give peas a chance," okay, uh-huh. and and it's a pun, right? Yeah. But what she said but- she liked about it was it would help her identify the lateral thinkers in the group, like somebody who can take an idea and associate it to another idea and put them together and make it work. Yes. And when she said "Give peas a chance." I remember feeling like, oh my God, that's so easy. It's sitting right there. I should have thought of it. But it's not a big idea. It's a so you know what? 
what I did, my immediate thing was, oh, give peas a chance. I'm not going to write that. That's so obvious. Good for you. Obvious. Good for you. <laughs> what I thought. Good I don't remember you. what I did now. It no. probably wasn't very good, but <laughs> but it, it but it actually like it makes sense, right? Because it gets the point across. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, you can sing. You can hear it in your head. Yeah. Anyways, let's get back on track. So yeah, sorry. You 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 get you get this brief. You brainstorm with your your partner who is an art director. Now, yes. we'll talk about art directors when we find one for this series. But an art director is not a graphic designer. An no. art director is somebody who can come up with ideas and then execute them visually. Yes. Okay. So you have this idea. You go to the client. You present your three ideas. They come back and they say, okay, we're going this way. What's what's involved in, um, from your perspective, what's involved in actually presenting those three ideas to the client? How far down the path do you go? And then when the client says, okay, go down this path, what happens next? Okay, so, well, first of all, the thing that happens in between that point is you have to present it to your creative directors. Thank you. And that's a whole other uh, yeah. thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And there are very great creative directors and there are very not great creative directors. <laughs> and that's a, another hurdle, basically, in getting anything produced. However, yeah. once you do have an idea, it's approved by the creative director, you take it to the client, you'll present the idea to the client. If there's a radio spot or if there's a TV spot that you've created, you will read the script, um, which I loved. I always loved reading radio that I wrote. Me that too. was my, my favorite, favorite part of the thing job. to write. Producing radio and doing voiceover direction was my favorite thing. I just before. loved it so, so, so much. And I, I like being in studio. Me, Me too. too. Huh. TV too. I only ever produced only one TV spot that I wrote got produced, like went to air. Yeah. It was like the best day of my life. I loved it. I get that. <laughs> just, I get that whole production of it yeah, but still on that day you're doing like little writing kind of things at the behest of the client often as well because they're yes. watching too um and they're like oh I actually don't know if I like this what are some what are some you know backup lines or or alts that we can throw in sure uh, so that happens a lot too um, but ultimately, uh, the goal, the big goal is to like, get what you present produced. And sometimes a really fun thing that happens is when the client says, we like all of them. Can you just build all of them out so we can see which one or merge them together? Take this. Yeah. Can we take all image? of these ideas and make one big mega pizza. idea? One big pizza. Yeah, it's um it's all it's always very interesting. So you 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 go to the client and you say, okay, here's here's our theme, our campaign, our you know, our big idea times three. And yes. then they, they come back and then you go back to the brief and you say, Okay, the media required for this is is a is a radio spot, a billboard, a TV spot, uh, print ads, oh. uh, direct mail, website, whatever the media is, yeah. right? And um, then often gotta... there's a separate media buyer like components um, that yeah. deal with all that, like the media people. But yeah. But then you got to go create these assets. Yes. 
Um, and that's when the magic happens. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Right. But that's the fun part. When you actually get buy off on something and you feel like you just won at life because you're like, oh, some dumb words that I wrote. Look at all of the money that's being spent on these words that I've written. And it's, but it's really fantastic. It's a really fantastic feeling to make something. Oh my God. It's the best feeling to see your stuff out there and live and yeah. reaction. It's the best feeling. Come on. We're artists. No, it's, it's great. It's art. It's out there. It never stops being great. So I, we we can probably go on forever. And I think Nikki is getting the sense that we can't go on forever. I'm sorry. But I, yeah. where, no, it's great. No, but what I want to do is, what I want to do is extend, I, I want to extend an invitation to you to come back and we'll talk about all the things that yeah. we talk about. But I would love to do that. The, 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 the last point I wanted to talk about was an idea that has legs, okay? Hmm. When a client needs something else from you, right? You're hmm. not always going back to the drawing board and coming up with these three ideas for a big idea. Once you've got your idea, you're coming back and, okay, we need this now. How does that fit into the big idea? Yeah. We need this now. How does that fit into the big idea? And if you think about, you know, some long-standing running campaigns like Nike and, uh, you know, McDonald's and Coke and all those, like, they haven't come up with big idea in a long time. Yes. No. I mean, they came up with that one and that has just, like, carried them forward forever. Right, I don't want I don't want to muddy the waters of what's an idea versus what's an execution within that idea. You're right. There's like a, a linguistic kind of semantics element here. So there's a yeah. campaign idea or there's a brand idea. So if you have a brand identity, maybe you'll create different campaigns within under the umbrella of that brand identity. And then sometimes they're going to want to take it elsewhere. Maybe they have a promotion. And so you'll be asked to create X, Y, Z for this promotion. Maybe they just want, maybe they want, you know, some out of home activations or, um, and that's another really fun thing, trying to think of like places where things fit really nicely. Yeah. And you're like, oh, of course that was placed there. That makes so much sense. Yeah, um, but yeah, there's always there's always going to be once there's this standing brand identity, there's always going to be okay. And now we're talking about this. I did a lot of work for Telus, so am I allowed to say brand names? I just yes, did. Yes, it's fine. Okay, I did a lot of work for Telus at Taxi, so there was constant promotions happening. So there was always like new radio, new new t uh, TV, uh, you know, there's holiday and seasonal elements. Those right. are all those all fall under the same kind of brand umbrella. But their big umbrella idea was yeah. this idea of having animals or reptiles or yes, exactly. Whatever. Right. So that's the big idea that yes, just that's had like legs their brand and... identity. Right. Right. And continues to be their brand identity. So <laughs> and it works like amazing. I, I'm loving this conversation. I think we have so much more to talk about. Like um, Nikki, how do you feel about having Bev back? And then we can talk about the evolution of the role of the copywriter, you know, and robots. Can, 
and robots and, robot. and, and all that and all those kinds of things that go along with it. Are you yeah, up for a totally absolutely? I think we touched on more than just the role of the copywriter. I think we started talking about like agency execution factors, all yeah. of those things. And it gets great. Like you said, we could go on talking about those kinds of things forever. So absolutely. Okay. Okay. Maybe so one of that was my fault that I derailed this oh, a little no, bit. No, no, no. I mean, we've, we've, we've I enjoy not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. That, 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 if that's the impression I'm leaving you with, I haven't done a bad job as a marketer. No, you haven't. <laughs> all right, Bev. So thank you. And thank uh, you. We'll, we'll reach out and we'll schedule part two. Sounds good. Awesome. Thanks okay. for joining. Bye. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Bev. Yeah. Bye. That was the most fun one for me so far. <laughs> We're almost a full year in, and that was like, that was great for me. That was great. Yeah, I'm sure it was like a like a throwback almost, you know, to the good old days. You know, it's it's funny because I did I when I went to school. I remember distinctly. I moved to Toronto in the fall of uh, of 1995, mm -hmm. and you know, at the time, I'm in my early 20s. You know, early to mid 20s, and um every friday night i would have dinner with family and i would sit around the table and there were two families that i would join bev's family and and her, her father's sister's family mm -hmm. and uh we used to kibitz and there's you know my my other uh cousins were more my age but bev and her sisters and her brother were much younger than me and we had such fun all the time and Bev was so inquisitive and she she was full of like like thoughtful, intelligent, you know, insights. Even when she was like little, it was unbelievable how advanced and smart her thinking was at the time. And she's so goddamn articulate mm -hmm. to listen to. It's mm -hmm. it's amazing. And I, I'm I'm proud of her. I think she's doing great. Yeah, it's great. Um, I love the work that she does for us. Like everything is so good. And often like I'll give her a brief brief uh yeah. we don't go into as much detail because we have much smaller clients than what you know tell us and those but um what she comes back with often is incredible and you can tell that she's well spoken by the way that she writes it's exactly perfect yeah exactly and so i hide how not well spoken i am by thinking about what being I'm a good writer same being a better writer. i would much rather write so when you guys are talking about being on like the, doing radio and tv spots i was in journalism school and having to produce tv news reports was the reason i left journalism and switched into communications <laughs> being in that editing suite and voiceovers and no <laughs> that's something we talked to uh, valerie mctavish about I think we did. Yeah. 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 That's funny. Okay, great. So um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's schedule um, Bev for another round. Yes. We'll talk about that. I thought that was fun. And then uh, what do we have coming up next? Do we, we have Kirsten coming up next week. She's going to talk yeah. to us about having difficult conversations and um, you know, when you're having these conversations and emotions are involved, how to remove your emotions from those uh, scenarios. If you're thinking boss to employee or manager to team member kind of uh, scenarios. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. That's great. Perfect. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for, for the time as always. Another one in the books. There you go. We're, we're getting close. We're getting close to that uh, year mark. 
close to the one year mark. Very yeah. close. Yeah, we should think about what we're going to do and celebrate that. Yeah, we'll need a special episode. Yeah, I think so too. Amazing. Awesome. Thanks for everything, Nikki. Great. Thanks, Mark. Talk soon. Ciao. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.